ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV dampener with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Neve Shaw, welcome to ATV Talk. How are you? Good, thank you for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, the other young ladies, when we were on the other time, have a lot of respect for you and uh, see big, big things coming from you in the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I've been racing with them for like two years now, going on third year. So it's, uh, it's fun to race with all of them. How, how do you match up to them? Um, actually in 2018, my rookie year in the class, I actually won the championship, but in 19, I had to sit out due to injury. And then last year it was just hard to get the ball back rolling. So you match up pretty well then. Yeah. I had some good battles with both Andrea and Michelle this year, actually. That's awesome. I did not know that you were the 18 champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won in 18 and then had to sit out because of injury, but. What, what, did you hurt your leg or your back or something? Uh, shoulder. Oh, wow. Those are, those are important, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, how did you get into ATVs? So, my dad got me into racing when I was at a very young age. I think I was about three when I started on an LT 50 and, um, I just rode around until I was probably eight years old is when I really got started into racing. And, uh, dad took me, I actually got a Can-Am 90 is what I did my first indoor race on at a local indoor in, um, in Southern Illinois. And after that, he's like, uh, I don't think this is the right bike for you to be racing against all these others. So he went and got me a Cobra 50 and it kind of took off from there. I think, I can't remember what year I want to say it's like 2008 and 2009 is when we started like getting into racing. Really? And And you raced in 
all over the East or, or just regional or local? Um, it was more local. We, we really did indoors, like indoor stuff for the longest time. And then I started doing a little bit of TT and my first national was in 2010 at, um, steel city. And it kind of got us hooked and we did a couple more that year. And then in 2011, we did a couple more. I think 2012 was my first full season running the whole national circuit. And what kind of machine were you racing then? Uh, I was on a 50 in 2010 and 11. And then in 12, we moved up to a 70. We we're on a Cobra single speeds. Oh, wow. And how long ago, how long have you been on the big bike? I've been on the big bike chassis since 2015 when I got my first 250. We we put it on in a LTR 450 frame. We put a a 250 motor in one. And you raced that for 15, 16, and 17? Yes. And then you went right into the 450 and and went to the big show and won. Yeah, we went, we, that's, that's kind of how it happened. We got on the 450, um, felt comfortable immediately because we were already on a big, on a big bike already. It was the same thing. It was just more power. So, uh, we kind of jumped in the class, struggled the first couple rounds and then we kind of got the hang of it and, uh, just took it home and got the championship. Wow. That's pretty awesome. How old were you when you did that? I was 16. And that's pretty big. How did, how does you, how do you emotionally deal with that? It's such a, the success, the first year and then the not success. How are, how are you doing dealing emotionally? It, it was hard last year to not be winning as much as I had been and sitting out the whole year, like hurt. Like I went to one race in 19 just to watch and just watching them ride. It just like, it, it really hurt, hurt me. I, I wanted to be out there with them. It just, it just sucks sitting out and not being able to ride. Was that dad's orders or doctor's orders? It was doctor's orders. So going back in time, let's say I got, so leading up to these championships, I actually have five of them. So in 13, I won my first championship. It was the girls six to 11 class. Um, and then we moved up into the older girls is when the girls class was actually separated in 14. I had to move up to the girls 12 to 15 and we won that one. And then we went on into the schoolgirl class in 15 and 16. And, um, I won both of those, but 15 was like a really, really close one. It came down to the last moto of the last race. It was like, I had to win it to win the championship, which that was a lot of pressure. And then 16, I, it was a little bit easier, but I mean, it was still hard. And, and you hadn't raced Andrea or Michelle at that point at all. No, I have not raced those two because they were, they're both older than me. Like I think Andrea's 26. So she's, 
uh, seven years older than me. So I'd like, there's like no possible way our youth ranks to race each other. And Michelle's old enough to be your mom. Yeah. Michelle could be my mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell her I said that. No, no, she, she, she don't care. She's, she's down to earth, isn't she? Oh yeah. She's, uh, she's a fun one to be around. I love Michelle. That's awesome. So uh, how does your dad, I know your dad's your, your guy there. How is he dealing with the pressures of the, basically the pro class? Um, he, he deals with it pretty well. I mean, he's, he does all my bike work. So, um, he just makes sure I have a bike to ride and that's capable of winning. And he puts 110% into everything that he does. Like he wants to make sure I have the best bike out there and I have the best machine that's capable of winning. And, um, it all really comes down to me at the end of the day. If I actually want to, if I want to do it and if, uh, and, um, I don't know how to say it, but pretty much if it all, it really just all comes down to me. I got to just go out there and do the work really. How has the COVID affected you for training? Um, so it's actually helped me this upcoming season for the 21 season. Cause currently right now I'm down in Florida at Decker training facility. I've been down here for about a week and a half and I think we have a week and a half more down here. So it's this, I think this is really helping with this upcoming season, get being able to get some bike time in. Awesome. So you normally wouldn't have gotten to ride before the season opener. Um, we usually in Kentucky, we can ride like the end of February, but this year it decided to snow. So we were like scratching our heads a little bit. Cause last year we were riding mid February and this year it was snowing. We were like, well, what are we going to do? So my dad made it happen for me to come down here for a couple of weeks to get some riding in. And then hopefully when we go back, we can get the track ready and start riding some more laps up there too. Did you have a track on your property, correct? Yes, we have a 70 acre um, piece of land that um, we have a track on. It was actually Jeremiah Jones's old track nice. that we had bought from him. And um, we've changed it up a lot since he's had it, but um, it's still pretty cool to say, hey, this is Jeremiah Jones's track. Yeah, he's quite the rider. Yeah, quite yes. I too. Yeah, he's uh he's actually my neighbor, which is pretty cool to say that Jeremiah Jones is my neighbor. Does he uh help you with any riding tips at all? Yeah, he see, we actually we used to live in southern Illinois and then in fourteen we moved down to Kentucky to be closer to him so he could help me out. because um, we were doing a bunch of riding schools with him before, like in my from like third from twelve, I think is when we started doing riding lessons with him and then he still helps me out uh, a bunch here now he'll give me pointers and stuff um he'll come out to the track sometimes um and uh he actually he does uh some bike work too on a lot of my bikes that i have like if i have a problem and dad's not home i just take it to him and he'll get it straightened out for me that's pretty awesome to have a neighbor like that oh yeah he's uh 
he's a pretty cool neighbor. Yeah. Did you ever get to see any footage of him riding when he was, when he was in his prime? Yeah, we actually have like all the Wavos movies and, uh, those are me and my dad will sit and watch like the whole entire series of them. Like yeah. we could just sit there all day and watch them. What did your mom think of all this? She loves it. She, she's been around it with my dad since he was younger and that's what they did when they were back over in England. So, uh, it was, it just kind of, they brought it over here and, uh, got me into it. So did your dad race in England? Yes. He started out on dirt bikes and then he got a four wheeler. He actually got a two fifty R and he raced for, I don't know how many years exactly, but it was a lot of years. Wow. What did they think when you told them you were going to be on uh, the podcast? They thought it was pretty cool. Uh, they're not, they're not they, listening in? Uh, no, they, I'm actually down here with just uh, a friend right now. So they're not actually here. Oh, bummer. So they'll get to listen when I air your episode then, huh? Yeah, they'll get to listen when, when it airs. That's so awesome. Your parents probably are pretty proud. Oh yeah, they're they're proud of me. Every they just want me to go out there and have fun, you know. It's just at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to is just having fun with it. That's to to win and to stay positive all the time, it is has to be fun. Yeah, it's 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 a big mental game. It sounds to me like you have a pretty fair handle on some of the mental game and, and you'll be able to go out and compete with the ladies um, pretty strong if you're healthy. Yeah. Um, coming. I've always had like, I've been like the underdog ever since I started really. And nobody like, nobody really talks to me. They don't like, you know, like coming up through the ranks. A lot of the girls, they just, I'd go out there and win and I don't think they liked it. So they like, I never like, they never come up and talk to me and stuff. And it was just, so now that I'm in like the WMX class, like Andrea and Michelle, I can just go up there and talk to them. And I mean, they'll talk to me back and, uh, they're just, they're pretty rad ladies. So that made you feel welcome right off, didn't it? Yeah. It, it made me, it made me feel better than the youth years. I mean, I had a couple friends, but a lot of them, I don't know. They just, we just didn't click. <laughs> How many of the, the younger girls that you raced with, or even the younger kids, how many of them are transferring into the bigger classes? Okay, so I was kind of the younger one of all of them, and a lot of them kind of raced one year of WMX, and then they kind of just, like, disappeared. Like, they just they just stopped coming to the races and stuff. So I can't... I don't think anybody in the WMX class right now I raced with in the youth ranks. I can't I, Madison Trower I raced with in the two in the schoolgirl maybe one season or just a couple races I can't remember. But the rest of them they kind of just they just stopped racing. It was it's kind of weird. Wow, when you were racing all the time, how did you do the school work and the racing. How, how did you guys work that out? So my school was actually pretty understanding with it. Um, 
they would make they would make me fill out this form. It was like um, an educational enhancement form, and we'd just say like they were educational trips, and like they would just let it go by. So I'd get all the days I needed off, and they were pretty flexible with like schoolwork and stuff that I missed. They'd let me have enough days to get it back in. So you didn't have any problems with school, like most kids. The schools are freaking out because the kids aren't there. Yeah, they, they didn't really. They didn't really have any problems with it. I, middle school, we kind of had a problem with it. He wouldn't let me off. My principal wouldn't let me off. So they actually ended up pulling me out of school and homeschooling me for my eighth grade year. <laughs> That's Just a solution, isn't it? Yeah. So the school wouldn't let me get the days off. So my parents were like, well, we only have an option if you want to ride is to pull you out of school and just do online school. So that's what we did. So, so did you have to go to school at all during the COVID or you graduated already? So 2020, I was supposed to graduate from high school and with COVID hitting in March, we didn't go that's that was March 13th was my last day of high school. Like I always remember that. And so we had to like finish virtually or whatever. And we didn't even really get a graduation, which kind of sucked because 13 years of school and you don't get to walk the line. It was kind of weird. kind of sucked. But, um, now I'm actually enrolled in, in a college, which is mainly online which is good because it lets me come down here to Florida and ride, which I was pretty happy about. What are you going to do when it goes back to hard classes? Um, I'm not sure yet. I've been thinking about it. Um, I'm not really sure on what my plan is yet. I mean, I'd love to keep racing, but if, if my classes start getting harder and I need to focus more on school, I'll just have to set racing aside for the time being. Wow. How's your dad going to be with that? Um, he'll like it cause he'll get to save up some money, but, uh, <laughs> what are you studying in school? Um, I'm actually going for nursing. Really? Yeah. I just didn't picture that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people Business say that or something else. No, I've, I've always wanted, since I've had so many injuries with, motocross i was like i wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon but then i looked at the schooling i was like i'm not going to school for 12 years so i was like i'll just be a nurse and um uh i want to be a nurse practitioner is my end goal my son is a respiratory therapist and he is thinking of finishing the schooling off to head that direction as well yeah there, there's a demand for nurses right now. So you can get it. Anybody could get a nursing job, really. Yeah. My, go wife, to school for it. my wife is a home care. Uh, I don't know how to say it. She's not a nurse, but she might as well be. She does everything that the nurses do and more. So. Right. Um, when you talked about your shoulder injury, you mind elaborating a little bit on what happened and how that, how that injury occurred? Yeah. So 20, it was the end of 2016. I won my last school girl championship and I was going into the 17 season. It was actually December. I was in my freshman year of high school. Um, 
I was in PE class and we were playing basketball on a little side goal. There's 11 of us. <laughs> and we were just, you know, we were playing basketball, uh, roughhousing a little bit. And uh, we came down and I was trying to rebound the ball. And a bunch of kids came down at the same time. And one of them happened to step on my foot and I had the ball and I twisted real hard. And I actually ended up tearing my meniscus in my knee. So then that put me out for the 17 season because I had to go and have surgery on my knee. So then it was, I had surgery in January, about the end of March, I was begging my doctor to release me to go ride. Cause I was like, I want to be ready for the season coming up. I was like trying to get ready for the season. Cause we, it, the first race is in April. And this is like the end of March. I was like, please let me ride. I want to race this year. So he finally listens to me and releases me. And, um, we go out to a local track about an hour from the house and I end up crashing, uh, really? my second practice out. And I don't remember anything cause it knocked me out. So what people had told me is I went over the step up and it was like a fresh face. So it wasn't like packed in real well. It was real spongy. So I hit it and it like makes the rear shock, um, bounce up real hard. And it like shoots me over the front of the bike. And I landed in the face of the next jump. And when I had, um, crashed, I put my arms out, which is the worst thing to do. And I actually dislocated my elbow. So that really hurt. I can't remember anything that day except for getting breakfast at the little country store before the track. But, and then the next thing I know I'm at my house and I'm in a sling and I'm like, how did this happen? And to this day, I still cannot remember that crash. I was like knocked out. My mom said on the way, because my mom, my parents actually weren't at the track when this happened. I was with my mechanic at the time and the ambulance driver would not let him take me to my mom. And so my mom was pretty much screaming at the ambulance driver through the phone saying that I was not going in the ambulance, that she, that she was going to come get me. So they finally didn't take me to ambulance and my mechanic met my mom halfway from our house from the track to our house. And my mom took me to our hospital down there because it was better than the one that they were going to take me to. Cause we were kind of in the backwoods of Kentucky and hospitals and backwoods of Kentucky are not the greatest. So we ended up going down there. Um, they thought my arm was broken at the time, but then we got there and it, my elbow was just dislocated. So they ended up popping it back into place there. They had to knock me out because it hurt really bad when they touched it. So, but I still have bone fragments in my elbow right now that they say they could pop into the socket or not. They they said, I know when, if the little fragments get in there or not. So, but if I had the surgery to get them out, it would cause more damage to the elbow. So we raced, we let, we had to let my elbow heal up for a month or two. And then we, the season had already started. So we hit like three races that year in 17 and I won all three of them. And so then we were getting ready for the 2018 season and I won 
we went into the 18th season. It was the first year on 450. I just turned 16. And we ended up winning that championship. But after that, going into 2019, I was riding. It was before the season. We were at just the local series type thing. And I couldn't finish a moto because my shoulder was hurting so bad. And I was like, it was just killing me. I was just in so much pain. And we didn't know why. So we kept, we went to a doctor. And I think it was the actually the end of 18. We went to a doctor and he, they did an MRI and everything on my shoulder. And I said, everything looked fine. So then we just continued just doing a little bit of rehab and stuff because it was, they just thought it was just, just like muscle weakness or whatever. And so then we started going into the 19 season, preparing for it. And I was doing okay. And then we showed up to that race in like March and I just could not put a whole moto together. I, I just I couldn't hold on. So then we went to another doctor after that to get a second opinion. And they ended up seeing that my um, labrum on my shoulder was like peeled off the bone, which I, if you don't know what a labrum is, it's um, it's pretty much what holds your shoulder uh, your arm to your shoulder it, it just like protects it there and it had peeled off and they think that that happened when I had dislocated my elbow in 2017 because I had no other crashes since then and there's really nothing else that I had done to to do that so I had raced the whole 18 season with my labrum disattached from my shoulder which was crazy to think about now I was like wow I can't believe I did that but so then we ended up going and getting surgery in June and I my doctor wouldn't even let me stationary bike like it was for the longest time I think it was like three months after surgery, he was afraid that I would fall off a stationary bike and hurt my shoulder again. So I was like, okay, but I had surgery and I had to keep my arm in a sling, like attached to my side for a whole month, just so like no jarring or anything happened to, um, make my, uh, labrum disattach again. They actually had to put two anchors and like, sew my labrum back to the bone. But, um, I didn't get to ride. I think it was like November before I got to even like ride again. And it was just felt so awkward, but then the winter weather hit and I couldn't ride until like February of the 2020. So it just, the 2020 season kind of was sucked. I was trying to get back into shape because I sat on the couch for like, six months doing nothing because my doctor wouldn't let me even sit on a bicycle so I just sat there and um got out of shape pretty much because couldn't do anything so when we got back on the bike in February it was just like we were starting over again and um Andrea had been able to ride since I mean she never quit riding so she was getting better and better and she got fit like she can last all moto and I could not 
Like there was a couple where I was leading until the last lap and she would pass me on the last lap. It would just frustrate me so bad because I just couldn't hang on anymore. You know, it just sucked. But that injury kind of set me back just a little bit, but now we're kind of getting back in the swing of things and it's, it's getting a lot better now. What did you think your, what is your vision for 2021? I want to win again. That's, I'm, I mean, I'm hungry to win again. It's, that's really my goal. I, I really want to win. I hate losing. <laughs> well, every, I hate it. Anybody that competes hates losing, but yeah. It's just, so are, are, what I'm trying to get you to say is what you envision the season's going to break down. Excuse me, going to break down like? Um, I think it's going to come down to me and Andrea are probably battling it out every race. Um, maybe Michelle at some of some tracks. Michelle has some fat some tracks like she's super fast at, and others where she like, I don't know, she I, she doesn't like the track, it, so I don't know. If she doesn't like it, she doesn't do well. Yeah, that's pretty much like at Lake Sugar Tree this last year. Andrea actually didn't get to go come. So it was me and Andrea. I mean, not me and Michelle. And Michelle likes hard pack tracks, and it was a hard pack track. And me and her battled it out the second moto. We actually came together. And um, no, but Michelle's definitely better at the hard pack and big jumps. Michelle will hit any jump that she thinks she can hit or if anybody's hitting it, she will try it. So that was like the leveling playing field for you guys at that event. Who won? At Lake Sugar Tree, I ended up winning because Michelle hit me so hard that her front plastics like were starting to fall off. I think she hit me on the third lap and on the last lap, there was this like rhythm section before the finish line. And she was like, she was in front and she was like trying so hard not to let me pass. And she overjumped this tabletop. And when she did, she hit so hard that her front plastics fell off and her key switch unplugged. So it killed her bike. Otherwise she would have won that moto. Oh, would that have given her the overall? Yes, it would have given her the overall. I think cause she got second the first moto but yeah it was it was a heartbreaker for her but i needed the win because i had to i had to win the last three rounds to win the championship which didn't happen i won two races this year which sucked on my part but we were just trying to get back into the flow of things again well it sounds to me like you came back and did pretty well you know yeah, I, I say we we learned a lot this past year. We progressed a lot from um, where we were at the beginning of the season, like the first race of the year. I think I could only put together two good laps out of the five, and I was just like, "This is this is not it. We've got to do something to get back to five laps." Was it just conditioning, or was it the bike, or was? Uh, the bike was good. We didn't really do too much to the bike. We did a few little things here and there, but it was mainly just me getting more bike time, more seat time, and then getting in the gym more because I was way out of shape. 
when you go to the gym, what do you focus on? Weights, cardio, bicycle? Uh, I do a lot of cardio right now um, with some weights um, just to keep your muscles strengthened up to hold on. But um, mainly a lot of cardio because, I mean, it takes a lot of cardio to ride one of those bikes. When you say cardio, is it because there's different forms? Um, I'm trying to get it so that the younger the younger listeners could can get an idea of what they need to do. So I really like the rowing machine. I actually have one myself at my house that I do a lot on. I I row, and then I have a row bike, which. I just got a road bike actually, but I had a mountain bike that I put on a stationary trainer and I just go for, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. But now, um, I'm getting more into the miles where I can, uh, um, I feel like mile, you need to do the miles more than minutes. Cause like the other day we had a rain day down here and we couldn't ride. So me and my buddy went into the gym and we just, we, uh, I think we did 20 miles in the morning and then we did a 15 miles at lunch and then 15 after supper. So we ended up doing 50 miles just cause we couldn't do anything. And then the next day was another rain day. And we did, we actually used the rowing machine and the ski erg machine. And we would do 500 meters one of us would be on the ski erg and one of us would be on the road. We do 500 meters on one of them and the other would do 500 meters on the other. And we, we did that five times. So we just switched. So we did like 5,000 meters. It was like 25 minutes, but it absolutely killed me. I couldn't, I was lying on the floor out of breath, but, um, I do a lot of like rowing and biking. That's, Not so much running because of my knee. But the biking is so good for your lungs. Oh, yeah. I love biking. I've actually just started. Like, I just got my first road bike. And uh, I'm, I haven't gone out many times on the road. It kind of scares me. I don't want to get hit by a car or nothing. But uh, I think that'll be a huge part to my program this year. I think that road biking... I, I'm not a huge road bike fan. Um, it didn't, it just doesn't sit well with me, uh, but I like to do a lot of mountain biking where it's uh, more cross country. You know, you got to have some Hills and you need some, oh, yeah. you know, to go downhill. I, I think the the really uh, technical downhills help your arms and small muscle groups when you're riding, you know, the mountain bike down the hill it helps you. Right. Hold on. That's just my, it helps me. Um, right, right. I'm, right. I'm not too good on two wheels. <laughs> yeah, one way to get better. Yeah, there, there is. Uh, my buddy's cheap trying to get me to go out and mountain bike, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> There's that, too. Cause I would probably end up getting hurt. Like tonight, a uh, couple of the guys here down at Deckers wanted to go mountain biking. I was like, oh, I'll just stay back and do bike maintenance. <laughs> I don't want to go get hurt this close to the season. Right. You know, so, everybody's got to do what they got to do and, and to stay in their world. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I, I know that we talked about that your machine is an LTR chassis, uh, but I don't think we ever talked about what motor you put in it. 
So yeah, we right now I'm practicing on an LTR chassis with a 2020 CRF 450R in it. A 2020 CRF? Yeah. Has it got enough power? Oh yeah, it, that thing's so fast. It's stock. And I'm like, I don't think we need no more power, Dad. I was like, this thing's fast enough already. And I think he's okay with it because he don't have to spend any more money. How long have you been running the Honda platform in the in the LTR? Um, we first started running it. I think it was the end of maybe December of 2020. I think we put it in there. And I've actually put, we have an hour meter on it. I looked at it today and there's like 15 hours on it. So I've rolled it for 15 hours. So what did you run before? What motor did you run in that chassis before? Uh, we had the LTR motor in there. What made you change? Um, uh, weight. It was actually the CRF engine is a lot lighter. So my dad's thinking was if it's the bike's lighter, it'll be easier for you to ride because you won't have to throw around so much more weight. There's some, some truth to that, you know? Yeah. It made my front end a lot lighter, which I can, I could already pick up a front end on my LTR, but it made it a lot easier to pick it up on uh, this with the CRF. But we actually, for the 2021 race bike, we actually just bought a full Walsh chassis with a CRF in it. So that is what we're going to be running for the 2021 season. We didn't know that we were going to buy one until... I think it was like two weeks ago. I was trying to sell my last year's race bike, like because I wanted this one that actually came up for sale. And uh, I ended up selling my last year's race bike to get some money to buy it, but it was brand new. Um, and uh, we actually tested it out last weekend when my dad came down here. Um, and I absolutely fell in love with it. It's it's so much lighter than the bike I'm riding right now. So I feel like that's even going to help me more. Like my dad took it home and weighed it. And it's, oh, how much did he say? I think he said it was like 27 pounds lighter than the bike I'm riding right now, which is a lot in, um, in the ATV world. Like that that's a pretty good amount of weight. Right. That's that is that is. Yeah, so because we were, LTR when you were talking about the support, the sport quads off the showroom floor was the heaviest one. Oh yeah. I think they were close to like four hundred and fifty pounds. Four hundred and eight. Four hundred and eight? Four hundred and eight pounds. And that's and then everybody else was uh I think the I I for some reason I remember the Suzuki weight the Honda and the Yamaha were close in weight in the threes in the high threes somewhere. Right. Yeah. I think the bike I'm riding right now, we weighed it and it was 400 pounds. So I guess we had lost about eight pounds from the LTR. Former off-road professional Garen Fuller with his team at EC homes, a top notch real estate company will help you buy or sell a home. Visit our website echomesforsale.com to get a free analysis on your home. Please mention ATV Talk 
for a 1.5% listing fee. Visit echomesforsale.com. Make sure you let them know who sent you. Which is, it's still quite a bit, eight pounds, if you think about it. Yeah, to take eight pounds off of there, that's... Yeah, the LTR motor is just so heavy. Well, most ATV motors are. Yeah. You know, I just, I feel like the dirt bike motor is going to help out in many different ways. It being lighter and with the longer gear ratios, like I can just stay in third gear, like most of the track, I don't have to shift, which it's, it's different, but I think it'll help too. It's got a broader power. Oh yeah. Second gear on my, the CRF is like, wants to rip my arms out. (laughs) it's <laughs> like wow that's uh, that you know as, as as long as you're happy with it and you like it how much oh, I love do you think the honda is than the yamaha do what sorry how much faster do you think the honda is than than the yamaha the production yamaha um so i actually rode a stock yamaha in january my my buddy has one and they're actually they got a lot of power stock, to be honest, but I don't think it, it's near as much as the CRF does. But if one's built, I feel like they'll be similar in power. So you don't, uh, you're not technically afraid of Andrea with the amount of power? Um, I don't know how much power she's going to have. I know, I know her boyfriend knows a lot about the bike, so I'm sure she'll have a pretty fast bike, but, uh, I mean, I'm not too worried about it. You don't, you don't care what she comes out there on, do you? No, I, I, I don't. I'm, I mean, she's going to be fast either way, whatever she rides. I mean, she's, she's fast. <laughs> well, not knowing, and I didn't ask her any of these questions. Um, I got a little bit more insight from you than I did her. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like she doesn't like to talk about certain things, which I mean is okay. Um, I didn't get an I didn't get a lot of history, and I probably didn't do enough uh digging and enough work to to know. And that's right, right, right. Um plus I like the surprise. You know? Right, right, right. I like when I'm talking that I'm learning as much as everybody else, <laughs> like because I enjoy the conversation. Right, you right. Know? I mean, because that's what it's all about is it's the conversation that we can have. And if I'm new to you, I might be asking the question that the listeners are wanting to ask, you know, right, right. so that it makes, it makes a little bit more sense. What I really don't like to do is I don't like to plan anything out. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to send you 12 questions, you know, in an email and have you have a textbook answer, uh, you know, Okay, you got to right, yeah. lines. You got to answer this. No, let's just wing it and see what happens. Right, right, yeah. I mean, you never know. I got a question for you. Do you use any type of inserts in your tires, or are you just running air in the motocross tires? Oh, uh, we just run air. We tried tire balls, and uh, they felt a little weird to me. We've brought it back up of trying them again, but I'm not sure if we're going to. I think we'll just stick with just air. What what do you think the advantage to using the tire ball would be? Um I I hear 
they're good with traction or whatever. And if you do have a flat or whatever, it'll get you through the race. But I don't know. I've really, when I ran them, I don't know. I just, the bike just felt weird. Like it just was, it was something new. I mean, if I ran them more, I feel like I'd get used to them, but I mean, I don't, I don't think I need them. Well, it's, it's, it's got a plus minus thing. It's going to add some weight. Yeah. Mass there, but it does add stability in the fact that it's going to help keep the tires on the ground. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if your tires are on the ground, you're you're moving, you're going forward. Yep. Yeah. And if the rear end's hopping, you're not going very, very far. Right. So that's just, I was just asking because I didn't know if you'd done some testing or experimenting with it to, to have an idea of if you were going to try an insert or not. Yeah, we've done, we've done a little bit. I mean, I think it would help in some instances and others not, you know, but, um, I have a whole bunch of them at my house just sitting on the shelf, but that somebody had given to us, but, um, I don't know. We actually thought about running them this year, but I don't know if we're going to dad doesn't like to mess with them because they're so hard to get in. You need to have somebody that knows how to do it. Put them in for you. Yeah. Um, Jeremiah actually said he knows how to do it because he did some for when he was mechanicing for um, Troy Hill. He says they're a pain. They they are. They're not. not He says he hates putting them in. Yeah, they're not a fun thing. But no. if you do it, you want to try to. This is just my opinion uh, from the off-road desert stuff that we've done. I like running them with no air. The they're air in the balls, but no air in the tire, because it, right. you, you it, it almost gives you a dead basketball feel. Hmm. When the basketball hits the ground, it doesn't bounce. Right. So when you put the ball in the tire, and there's no air in it. It goes thud. Right. So now you're not getting the the recoil in the tire that you get out of an air tire. Oh, that's uh, that's a good that's a good point. There. That's just you know that's just always the way I've done it. I I've raced with blocks. I personally I've raced with balls, but um, I've had racers race with both products, the blocks and the balls, and they both have advantages and they both have disadvantages. See, we have blocks too, actually, just sitting there. I think we have a whole box of blocks and then like a couple sets of balls. But they're just, I don't know. We just got them given to us from a friend of ours that they're getting out of race and they're like, we'll never use these. So here, take them. And they've just sat there. We've used them a couple times, but I don't know. We've talked about testing some more with them, but. If you ever decide to go with uh, either the balls or the blocks, there are people that you can contact Kenny at tire blocks. He's pretty smart guy. um, And he knows his product well. Um, And then you can always reach out to the people that have ran tire balls. Um, Right. Danny Prather does them on the West coast. I'm not sure who does them on the East coast, but I know there's knowledgeable people that can help you. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sure that, I don't know how much you talk to some of the pro, the pro men, but I know that some of those guys have ran inserts. Yeah, there are, there's a couple of them that do. 
and some that don't. I was actually talking to Alan Myers the other day, and he says he doesn't run them. Yeah, I, I'm not. Which I, I, you would think that you would think that a lot of the pros would run them just to keep from a flat tire or whatever. But I mean, I, I guess it's just preference. Um, preference, and maybe they haven't lost a race yet because of the flat tire. Yeah, yeah. You know, the first time that you're winning and you lose because of a flat tire, you just you'll never you'll never go without an insert ever again because oh yeah the, yeah. Yeah. I went uh, when I was mountain, just starting to learn how to mountain bike, you know, the first two times out, I got flat tires and I said, I went to the bike, local bike shop and I go, okay, what are we going to do? Cause this flat tire thing is just, <laughs> I'm done. You know? <laughs> I haven't got a decent ride cause I get a flat tire. Right. Do a, a, a liquid tire sealant inside the tire, change the style of tire. Never got another flat again. Huh. Uh, so I, I'm I'm definitely sold on inserts, uh, depending on what environment we're in as to which one that I use. Mostly I'm going to push towards the, no offense, Kenny, I'm going to push towards the ball. Uh, just because <laughs> I'm more familiar with how the machine's supposed to respond to it. Right, right, yeah. Uh, we never, we've never tried the blocks. We just tried the balls, which... <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just have to test with them some more and see what I thought about them. I don't think you're going to go wrong if you do decide to go with either product. I think they're both excellent. You just have to, you just have to go test it. You know, it's just like anything yeah. you do. You have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. You got to test things to see if they work or not. Which we still got a little bit of testing to do on the race bike, but hoping to get that done when we get back home. Do you use a uh, tuning device on that machine at all, or do you run a stock at ECU? Uh, we have a Vortex on ours. There you go. I like to hear that. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we run that. That's pretty much all we got on it is just stock. Well, you, you have an aftermarket pipe built for it? Yeah, we got, we got a pipe on it. Pipe in ECU and race gas. <laughs> there you go. Got it. That's that's all you need right there. Yeah. No, it's fast enough. Are you running oxygenated fuel? Uh yes, we are. Oxygenated? Yeah. Okay. Is that it does make power? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, yeah. It's, it's cheating power, but it's power, you know. Oh yeah, it's uh it makes it go faster. <laughs> you you want to run that gas, I take it. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. <laughs> it just helps with hole shots for me, really. Yeah. Because hole shot, that's half the race. You feel that you struggle if you're not in the lead on the first lap? Um, if I'm not near the front on the first lap, I kind of go into panic mode and I'm like, I gotta get up here. Like I've got to make passes fast. I mean, we only have five laps, so you you've gotta make it fast. If I'm not in the lead or not close to the lead i'm kind of like okay we gotta put we gotta put our head down and go to work but uh it it kind of panics me a little bit like i get tight if i don't if i'm not in the lead but um yeah it's just so so what you're telling me is psychologically it affects you by not being there and you need to work on that so that you can 
if you can't get in the lead or you can't get to the front past second, if you're in third, you need to stay relaxed and calm and focus and look for your spot instead of pushing it and panicking and, and. Oh yeah. I've done that. I've panicked so much just cause like, I don't know. I'm, I'm usually really close to the front. Like one race this past year, I think I was like fifth or sixth off the whole shot and I ended up getting fourth that moto. And I was just so frustrated with myself because I couldn't get up there fast enough. I was, uh, it was just me. Cause I wasn't, I was just panicking because I wasn't there and I let the whole race go by. And then I'm like, I'm stuck here. Whatever you're fiddling with is going to make loud noises in the <sighs> episode. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I taped an episode with my dad and um, he thumped on the table with his finger. <laughs> Microphone on that interview was so sensitive that it sounded like he was banging on a drum. <laughs> when you do this, I'm not a media guy. I'm not a, I'm not a sound tech. I have no, no tech in me at all. And, um, learning all these little nuances of how to do these things kind of, uh, it almost makes it hard enough to the point where if I knew now what I knew when I started this, I might not have ever started it. Right. Uh, incredible amount of work. Uh, incredible amount of stress. The conversation's the easy part, you know. Right. It, it, it's just like when you get out there and you're lining up and your stomach's got pterodactyls in it and you're uh, you're overthinking things and you're stressing and you know, this is happening and that's happening. And maybe your, your, your boots or something, your gear's not right. And you're just fidgeting and you just come on, let's just get this thing going. That's it. it, it when you're setting up time to talk to somebody or you're back and forth in the uh, getting all the information that you need, it's kind of like that. You're kind of nervous about it. Um, and then when we push record, it's all gone. Yeah, yeah. Just like when the great gate drops, hey, yeah. all that's over. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Before yeah. gate drops is definitely nerve wracking. Oh, God. always sitting in staging is just the worst. Oh, I, I hate sitting and waiting. That's the worst. Just waiting. It's just like, come on, let's go. <laughs> I raced a national at Porterville back in the three wheeler days. And we raced our main event at 4.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I was a young teenager at the time and racing. Wow. I mean, it didn't really affect us that bad, I don't think. Um, but we raced that main event at 4.30 in the morning. I don't, I don't even remember going back to the hotel afterwards and sleeping because you had to come right back to the racetrack later that day and, and for the rest of the race and rest of the events that went on. Right. Um, it was, it was pretty crazy. Uh, wow. I really, I just aged myself. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> a three wheeler in the nationals in, in California in, in the eighties. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. You weren't even born yet. Were you? No, I was, I was probably 20 years later. Oh, wow. So I'm old enough to be your grandfather is what you're telling me. 
I don't know about that. Maybe. <laughs> it's close. I have a 12 year old. I have a 12 year old grandson. So uh, my daughter started having babies early and uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still old. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your favorite track? My favorite track is Sunset Ridge in Illinois. I, there's something about that track since I started, since my first championship in 2013, I won 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and then 20. Cause I didn't get to race 19, but I won all those years. Like that was one of the races I won this year. I don't know. I just have a mental thing with like, I'm going to win here. Like, it's just like, that's just my track. I don't know why, but I'm just like, I'm going to win here. Like this year when I, when we showed up, I was like, I'm going to win here. I don't, I don't know what's about it. It's just, that's my track. Is it sand or. Yes, it's sand. It's, it's, it's weird sand. It's like a different type of sand. Like it's not Florida sand or Texas sand or anything. It's just like we're in the middle of upstate Illinois and there's sand. (laughs) Like who would have, I guess it's probably like the, the lake sand that's up near the great lakes or something i don't know it's it's a different type of sand it's like a dark sand mixed with like dirt and you just have you just like the layout of the track oh i love that track it they've changed it up a little bit but i don't know it's just like i show up and i'm we just click together like we're just so track what's the what's the nemesis um my worst track yeah. would probably be iron man never won there we're not going there this year which i'm kind of happy about it's close to the house but I've, it's like every time i go there it's, it usually rains and i usually spin out or end up wrecking i don't know it's just that me and that track just don't go together <laughs> is there something with the with the style of the dirt or the style of the way the tracks laid out? No, because the dirt is like very similar to the dirt that I have at my house. I, I don't I don't know. And I don't know why I struggled there in the mud because I'm a really good mud rider. Like I win majority of the mud races that I'm in. And I don't know, it's just <sighs> the first year we went there. I was in the lead and I go down this little hill and I spin out the bottom bike stalls. It's hot. Don't want to start. I'm just sitting there like, are you serious? And then (laughs) the next year, I don't know what happened. I just, I don't know. I mean, that track just don't go together. And then 18, um, I almost won there 18 actually, but, uh, I ended up getting second. It was a close race though. So as soon as you win there, the monkey will be off your back and the, Oh yeah. If I, if I ever get, if we ever get to go back there, that's definitely one I want to win just to say that I finally won there. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. I think that's the only track I haven't won at in my racing days on the circuit. All right. So, if you could leave 
some advice for the younger riders, what would that advice be? Um, just never really give up. You know, you, when I started in 2012, I was kind of, when I did our first series, I was kind of just like one of those that was like in the fourth, fifth position. And then we kind of got a little bit more serious about it. And, uh, we went away and we just started riding a bunch more, like to get faster, you got to ride, like you got to go out there and work on your weaknesses. Like you got to find your weakness and go away and make your weakness better. You got to make that like your strong point almost. And, um, that's what we did. We kind of just went away. We worked on some things and we, we got a lot better. Actually, we actually started working with, um, Jeremiah. That's when we started working with him and he helped me learn how to go through a corner faster, which I mean, the, the race is one on the ground. So even if you're not jumping, like some of the jumps that others are jumping, you can still just go faster on the ground and you can make up that time that's lost for like one jump or so. Like I was at a race, it was like a local series race and these boys are jumping this big triple. And I was like, I'm not jumping that. And I still won because I was faster on the ground than all of them. So my advice is just, you got to find your weaknesses and go away and find and work on them and just get better. That's true. So I forgot to ask you, what classes do you ride against the boys? Um, at nationals, I'm running 450 B which is a really hard class. They're all fast in there. Um, I think my best finish this past year was a third, which I was pretty pleased with. I ended up getting seventh overall in the series, which I went, I'd really like a top five. That's kind of what my goal is for this year is to end up in the top five in that class. Just because it's such, this year is going to be even harder because there's so many people moving up from the 250 ranks and the C-class ones that have to move up. So I feel like it's going to be pretty packed. Any of the other ladies race with you in that class? Um, I think Andrea did a couple times, but she stuck to the production B. And this year I'm not going to be able to, to run. I was running production B, but it was close to our women's moto. So... Last year, I didn't want to run it because I would be like way out of shape for it. So I ran the other one that was a little further away. But this year, I won't be. I think Andrea said she was running the production B class again this year. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that's what she said. So I won't be able to run that since I'm on a hybrid quad. Well, you need to come back and tell me how that hybrid quad is after you've raced it a couple rounds. Oh, yeah, I, I will. It's uh. I think it's going to be a huge help. I really do. I'm really liking the amount of time. I think we put like two hours on it, just testing a little bit here. And, um, I'm really liking it. That's awesome. That's it's so super cool. light. Well, I hope it works out for you and I hope you have an amazing season. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I want to win again. That's my goal. I think Andrea is going to not want to give off her number one though. Oh no. She's, she's not going to want to. I know how that is. It's, you don't want to give it up. 
I want to thank you so much for coming on ATV Talk and spending some time with us. I know that you got to get up in the morning and train. Uh, oh yeah, and do your thing. So uh, it's late there where you are, and it's late here where I am. And <laughs> you're heading towards twelve o'clock. So yeah, it's about ten fifty right now. Are you sure? So yeah, you're in Florida. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we're in the north part of Florida, so it's it's still uh, Central Time here. Oh, really? Yeah, I I thought it was going to be Eastern Time, but when we got down here, I was like, huh, at least I won't be off my time schedule. Right, yeah, because you're only two hours difference than me. Yeah, yeah. Wow, but it's still late. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's, it's still pretty late. Yeah, we got to get up, and uh, tomorrow I think we're going to put in couple motos and then hit the gym are there a lot of different riders down there with you guys yeah there's um there's two there's two pro riders here that have been here for a while and then actually um all of tim detling's riders that um he's uh working with this year they were testing their race bikes out today for daytona so there was there's like six pros here right now Brendan Hogue's here too. And then uh, of course, Zach Decker, he's here. Um, and then there's also some dirt bike guys here. And there was some, there was actually some works people that came down um, this week, this past weekend, they did a riding school with Chad. Um, yep. They're uh, and gross. Yeah, the there was there was a girl here. Her name was Lane. Yep, I talked to her a couple nights ago. I uh, I actually went over and talked to her. Um, she's pretty cool. She's thinking about coming out to our first amateur round in Texas, which I was trying to trying to get her to come out and try one. Well, we want you to come to the West Coast and and race out here with us. Yeah, I'm I'm wanting to. I was talking to her about it and. Uh, um, she wants me to come out there too. So, uh, I'm hoping maybe we get a group to come out there from the nationals and try it out. It'd be nice. It'd be really nice. It'd be something different. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's a, for you guys in the, in the, some of the classes, it's a 45 minute moto or a 55 minute moto. So it's going to be a little different. Um, right. The terrain will be a little different because you're not going to have as many jumps and they, it's definitely not as smooth. No, I've seen some videos. I'm like, wow, that's nuts. You don't want to go to Havasu. You just don't want to go to Havasu. Not, so don't go to that one. No, because it's, okay. it's the most brutal place on the circuit. Uh, it destroys the machine and it destroys the riders. No, yeah, really definitely. Definitely don't want that. <laughs> If you need anything when you come this way, hit me up. I'll do everything on my power to help you out. Um, and plus, I would really enjoy meeting you and your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would hold, I would love to come out there. It's just, it's so far. It's just across the. It's just across the street, young lady. Oh yeah, it's just it's just a couple hours. It is. So you know, just yeah. you know. When you've no, how mean, many miles as if I have to go to a race. Yeah. Driving from one side to the other. Pretty. No, no problem. Let's just yeah. get car and go. Yeah. 
No, me and my dad have actually talked about coming out there just to go to the desert and ride in the dunes. Like that's what we want to do one day. That's like a goal of ours. You'll have ride the dunes. There are large groups of people that do that, especially from the East Coast, and a lot of them are, are motocross people. Yeah. Um, Paul Turner comes out with a group. Um, and there's a couple other guys that do that. I'm sure you could get in with a, with a group of those guys and get your bike in and, and come out and ride some dunes. It's, it, it's a lot of fun. If you've never done it, if you grew up, grown up doing it, it's old hat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We definitely want to get out there one day and, and try it out. I, I think you'll really enjoy it. It'd be great to spend some time on the back of your quad when you're not having to race and you can just yeah. enjoy the flow of the dunes and, and learn a new, and learn a new skill set. Um, and I believe that if you ride in the dunes enough, you will gain a skill that helps you on the motocross track or in the woods. Um, a lot of the guys that uh, on the West coast have come from the dunes when they were young and then rolled into racing and already had the basic skill set down. All they had to do is learn how to ride on the hard pack. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of hard pack tracks out here. Well, that's, I appreciate you coming on. We're going to, we're going to wrap this up tonight. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I know we had a little hiccup in the, in the, beginning tonight and i appreciate you uh working with me to get it started later um but we found the dog and everything's good and um i when we get done here i will be going and discussing why this happened with my daughter and make sure that it doesn't happen again yeah well, i really appreciate you having me on here it's uh it's been uh, fun i learned a lot about you and i learned a lot about uh some of the things i'm going to be watching for you um I uh, apologize for not doing my homework well enough uh, yeah. because I had no idea that you were the 18 champ and I would have uh, elaborated on that a little more. Um, but that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's uh, it a couple of years ago, but we're, we're trying to get it back now. You would see championships don't ever go away. No, they can never take that away. No, you know, you may not be number one today, but you were number one. Yeah. Yeah. We want to, we want that back though. It's just, I want to be number one. It's better to be a has been than it never was. That's very true. Right. It's very true. <laughs> Again, thanks. Thank everybody that's with you and that's hanging out with you and that's putting up with us talking right now. Cause I know it's probably uh, putting a little dampener in their evening as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, hit back to me when you have ridden that machine a couple of times so that we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely will. All right. Thanks a lot. You have a great day. Remember, everybody, this is Neve Shaw, 2018 WMX champion. And um, we'll get you back on the show soon. Appreciate it. All right. You have a great night. Thank you so much. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. 
with over 17 years experience. Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.